Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. Tonight's segment on hair braiding by Snoop Dogg was canceled. He thought we were going to talk about those kinds of pipes. Now I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine. It's the week before Chicago pipe show. Hope you're all getting ready. And uh, all right, so in tonight's show, uh, we're going to talk about a, uh, a blend review of Presbyterian mixture. Yeah, I smoked a Latakia. Uh, Presbyterian mixture in pipe parts, and then my guest tonight is Per Jensen of the McBaron Tobacco Company. Pairs back with a lot of news and a lot of things that you'll uh, soon see on your shelves, hopefully, and uh, get to try or uh, take a look at at the Chicago Pipe Show coming up. Uh, then we'll have music, mailbag, and rant. All that coming up on tonight's episode of the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. And uh, just a reminder, I will not be there until Saturday morning. I'll get there. Hopefully, I'll be at the show by about 11 o'clock, maybe uh, 11.30, somewhere around there, if all goes well. Uh, because I'll be in uh, Wilmington, North Carolina for my son's college uh, master's degree culmination, or hooding, as they call it. Yeah, he's going to be hooded. Um, that's better than being beheaded. Anyway, uh, so don't look for me and don't post a bunch of pictures and stuff because, you know, already I'm starting to think, you know, it'd be, you know, the pre-show and the Thursday night and the Friday night. That sounds like a lot of fun. So, uh, well, I'll miss that. Um, but I won't have time to look at social media anyway. Do look for me all, on uh, Saturday and all day Sunday. I'll be there. Come by, say hi, say hello. I'll be wandering around. I'll be the one with the pipe in my mouth. Uh, also, once we get back from this, we are going to kick up in full uh, in full fledged uh, force with the annual JDRF auctions. I know we got off of our normal March April time, but uh, you know, look, if you've got something you want to donate, bring it to the Chicago Pipe Show. I'll be uh, cruising around looking for donations there, and then we'll bring them back, get them off to Steve Fallon, and get our annual donation going to find a cure for uh, type one diabetes. And uh, let's see if we can uh, keep it up in the thousands of dollars this year. That sure would be nice. All right, let's get the show rolling. Everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in, and here we go. Presbyterian Mixture. It was brought to my attention and requested for review by, uh, one, by the one and only Rick Newcomb. And it only took uh five months to get my hands on a tin so maybe uh well six months uh so something's going on with it but anyway um here's what it it's got a uh well it's got the new european uh european health warning style labels but it says uh, presbyterian mixture melange which is uh old french for mixture so it's uh, presbyterian mixture mixture um, it says manufactured to the original blend made famous by the first Earl Baldwin. Uh, so there you go. It's got a, a lovely little graphic of a church on it, and uh, I'm sure it's a Presbyterian church. The back of it describes the uh, describes the the mix describes the tobacco as a mellow blend of U.S. Virginia tobaccos and high quality Macedonian grades. 
exclusive aristocratic pipe mixture. So there you go. Um, pretty gold tin, standard 50 gram round, yeah, popped open, took a little bit of an effort to get it open, which is good. So sealed well. Inside, it's got a, a white inner sleeve, that uh, a white round disc that says, uh, Presbyterian Mixture is a mellow blend of U.S. Virginia tobaccos and high-quality Macedonian grades, an exquisite aristocratic pipe mixture. This fine tobacco originally had no name. It was blended before the First World War, especially for the Reverend Dr. John White, once church dignitary and minister of the Barony Kirk in Scotland. He introduced it to Stanley Baldwin, Prime Minister in 1923, 1924, and 1935. He liked it so much that regular supplies were sent down to him, and it was he who suggested that the tobacco should be named Presbyterian Mixture. So, not only do you have a, a, a tobacco of quality, you have a great story behind it. Now, once you open up the lid and you see the white paper, then you pull that off. And the tobacco is packed inside of a plastic bag. It's in a plastic bag inside the round tin. Now, the only reason that that slightly bothers me is because I'm going to talk about what that tobacco would do with a little bit of age on it. Uh, keep in mind, paper products break down, but so do plastics. Plastics break down slower than paper products but plastics are made with petroleum so i'm not so much in all honesty not so much a fan of the tobacco packed in a plastic bag inside the tin uh once i got it open though the tobacco felt a little on the moist side to me but strangely what happened once i pinched some and pulled it up it didn't quite feel as moist as i thought it was it was it was really kind of strange. Um, now I knew going into this that this blend has Latakia in it. I knew that because I was smart enough to look up the reviews and see what people said, and it is an English tobacco. However, when you read the description, it doesn't say anything on there about any kind of Latakia whatsoever, anywhere whatsoever. So it may surprise a few people that yeah, there's Latakia in it. Uh, the ribbon cut is actually beautiful. It's really well done. There's a mixture of all kinds of different blacks and browns in there and uh, nice Virginias and uh, not, not much in the stems. Um, so I, what I did was I grabbed one of my uh, very trusty Costellos and decided, you know what, uh, yeah, I got a good sniff of it. And I'll just remind myself with the sniffing of it right now. Uh, it does have that Latakia smell, and it's got a little bit of a fruity sweetness behind it. So some sort of fruity sweetness behind a little bit of a, a behind the Latakia smell. The Latakia is not the only thing that you smell in the tin. Uh, packed it into one of my trusty Costellos and fired it up and was pleasantly surprised that whatever they're doing to it did not give me that Latakia cough. Halfway through the bowl, I realized that I was getting some sort of a fruit flavor, some sort of a, uh, maybe like a fig or a prune or, you know, kind of like a, a roasted fig or prune flavor. Um, not real heavy on the nicotine kick at all. 
smoked fairly easily and I smoked it right out of the tin. I maybe let the tin air out for about 20 minutes. So there's not a lot of moisture loss in there at all. Um, the second bowl that I ran through that same pipe got bitter. So I would highly suggest that you run it through a different pipe or at least clean the pipe and give the pipe a little bit of time in between it. Then I grabbed one of my Missouri Meershams and I have one that is dedicated to English blends and I smoked it in that and the bitterness went away. So that was the, it was more of the pipe and more of the fact that I didn't let the pipe cool down or dry out completely in between. Um, I smoked three bowls of it in a row and did not have that coating in my mouth. Uh, we've talked about hybrid tobaccos in the past. I would call this one a, uh, a very good transitionary tobacco blend. I can understand why it is received the way it is and why it's uh, apparently uh, not easy to get all the time. I would love to see what this tobacco would do with about a year to two years on it. I'm a little leery of aging it inside the plastic bag, though. I don't think the bag would be a problem for two years, but who knows after that. So there's my thoughts on Presbyterian. Yes, I liked it. Is it going to become my everyday smoke? Of course not, because I'm a Virginia Perique fanatic. But I can now understand why folks are uh, so excited to see it back in stock and see it back available again. I can see why uh, yeah, maybe people have been uh, keeping it as a dark horse in their closet and been uh, haven't been telling people about it. So... Uh, check out Presbyterian Mixture if you're looking for what I would consider to be a very light and very pleasant or uh, a very soft and very pleasant English blend that uh, doesn't inundate the room with Latakia smell. All right, in uh, just a moment, my conversation with Per Jensen. This is Internet Radio. Italians have always been known for their aesthetic passion. It's their birthright, their legacy. And just like Savinelli, it continues to grow and evolve. It is ever-changing. Milan, 1876. Achille Savinelli set out to change the way the world viewed smoking pipes, opening one of the world's first specialist tobacco shops. From one small storefront to a factory that delivered handmade pipes all over the world, the legacy he forged became one filled with success and prestige. Achilles' dream is carried on today by his family, who continues the Savinelli legacy. Each year, Savinelli debuts a series of new, forward-thinking designs, comprised of quality-crafted pipes shaped from some of the best briar in the world. Behind every beautiful object, there's a story. Start your own chapter. Visit your local tobacconist or premium online dealer today. We're back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and joining me is my dear friend, I don't want to say old, because uh, that would confuse both of us, uh, my, my dear friend Per Jensen of the McBaron Tobacco Company, all the way from Denmark, getting ready to come over here for the Chicago Pipe Show. Per, welcome back to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Thank you, Brian, and thank you for, for letting me in from the rain. <laughs> but, yeah, well, it's pretty, uh, pretty wet out here. So I'm looking forward to, uh, to go to Chicago, where we'll have some pretty decent weather. Possibly. Remember, you know, in Chicago, that time of the year, you could have all four seasons in three days. 
Yep, I know. I've been there before, and we had all <laughs> all seasons. So, but I'm hoping the best. Yeah. So, and and the reason for having you on is you you know, you you asked, and I said absolutely. So come on back. You've got some exciting stuff that will be uh, that will be shown at the Chicago Pipe Show uh, at the McBaron table. Um, what have you what what have you got that we haven't seen for a while or uh, seen before? Well, we um, the biggest um, the biggest new thing I got is uh, the relaunch of the HH Burley Flake. And um, well, a matter of fact, um, five years ago I made up the family tree, how the HH family should look when it was uh, finished. And H.H. Uh, Burley was uh, was one of them. Now, so, um, how is this going to differ from the H.H. Old Dark Fired? Well, Old Dark Fired is a hot-pressed uh, tobacco. It's a very smooth, um, you've got a lot of this smoky aroma uh, coming from the Dark Fired Kentucky, where the H.H. Burley has no Dark Fired Kentucky in it. So it's just pure and simple, very good burley. And, and um, how's it going to be packed? Well, it's going to be in um, 50 gram. I think that's one 1.75 ounce or 3.5 ounce, 100 gram. And uh, Henrik have uh, done a fantastic work um, of, of buying these tobaccos. Uh, we are having burley tobaccos from three continents. And, and one of the, the smallest part, but one of the most interesting burleys I have ever tasted uh, is coming from uh, Far East. So, and it, it give, actually gives the blend uh, a beautiful personality. So we've, we've talked about this in the past, and I want to go into this a little bit because I, cause I know Henrik and I know he loves going out and traveling the world looking for tobaccos, and that's... <laughs> Um, I think it's fair to say that's the part of the business that most excites him and interests him. Uh, yeah, that's so he was so he goes out and and sources these different batches or crops and then brings them back and says, This is good, what can we do with it? Yeah, uh, well, this one they they bought, um, they bought because they wanted it. It, it, it was so special. Uh, and also the quantity they could have uh, was not uh, just a few kilos. Uh, <laughs> it was a little bit bigger. Uh, so we could actually start using it in, uh, in a recipe. And H.H. And H. Burley is uh, going to be the first tobacco where we use it. Yeah, and that's the, and other, the other thing that he has to look for is quantity of tobacco because you have to make sure that you can, you know, just not make it for three weeks and then have to find a replacement leaf for it. No, but you have to remember, Henrik have contacts uh, throughout the world for the last, what, 40, 45 years. Um, he knows everybody. Uh, and um, yeah. when, when he says, I want this, he gets it. <laughs> and uh, you, can, you, can you say where the other tobaccos are coming from? Yeah, then we're having um, some uh, some good burley from uh, from Brazil, and we're having uh, also extraordinary good quality uh, burley out of Malawi in in Africa. 
So it really is three, and they're all Southern Hemisphere locations, right? Yeah, well, and as you know, Brian, tobacco needs Southern Hemisphere to grow. Yeah, well, it, so, it needs that right amount of sunshine and that right amount of rain. Otherwise, it just doesn't work out. Exactly, exactly. But um, and I'm 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 very excited to um, to show it to to let people see it to let them smell it and hear their opinion about it. <clears throat> but it's it's a fantastic um, it's a fantastic tobacco. It's very smokable. Uh, it keeps lit. And you have this, not use the word powerful, because then some get uh, get a shock. Um, but but it's 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 got power in it. And when you smoke it, you can feel it. It's a satisfying tobacco, and it's uh, the optimal of the burly taste. Good, pure burly taste. Is there something on the? Uh, is there something out there now or in the recent past that you can compare it to? Uh, I would say no, because we have the uh, the Golden Extra, we have the Harmony, we have had the Burley London blend, uh, but they have all had uh, top flavor, and and the HH line do not have any top flavor at all, so. The only taste you you'll you'll get is from the tobacco itself. So this this is course, just this is as real as Burley's going to get in a and it's blended and of course it's aged for you know, for for the to be ready to be smoked the minute the smoker gets a hold of it. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, I don't know if 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 storing it will um, will improve it very much. Uh, the, in my opinion, that it's more Virginia tobacco that's that are getting uh, a little bit changed in, in taste when, when when they're stored for for years. Uh, Burley, that is not my opinion. And for instance, we had we had a very funny uh, situation. Um, pure Virginia, HH Pure Virginia, the old dark fired, uh, all of them are, are hot pressed. So my initial idea was we have to hot press this as well. So we tried, but we made simultaneously we made um, a line of cold pressed, and smoking them, both of them, and comparing, I couldn't tell the difference. <laughs> so I got confused and um, said, "What what's what's going on here?" So uh, I had to dig a little bit deeper and, and get into contact with uh, our sp uh, specialist, that is our sensoric panel. And uh, they had a, a blind tasting of both tobaccos, and they got the same result. So in this case, um, the hot press is not helping uh, the burly tobacco. So that is so it, that's it, a that's a unique leaf. Then the the extra heat and the extra time doesn't isn't beneficial. No, because I think we will need some more Virginia that we actually put in it, uh, put in the blend, um, to get an effect of the hot pressing, that that the tobacco marries and, and getting uh, quite a unique taste. Um, and and that didn't happen with H.H. Uh, H. Burley. Huh. So what I'm presenting is a cold pressed um, tobacco. Wow. Well, I'm lo I'm looking forward to trying it. Is there uh... 
Is there anything else in the pipeline? Uh, pipeline is a beautiful word, but uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> that, that is. Um, the pipe smokers in, in Chicago uh, have the possibility to see and to smell um, the new Balkan blend, and that is uh, the successor, or not the successor, it's a completely other breed than vintage Syrian, but it's in the English direction, and it's probably more in in the English direction that vintage Syrian ever was. So um, it's it's an English Danish, I would say. <laughs> it's a it's a uh, it's a Danglish. Yeah, because vintage Syrian contains, um, for instance, uh, a little bit of um, dark fine Kentucky. Balkan blend does not. It's uh, the typical English uh, recipe with Virginias, with Oriental, <coughs> and uh, Latakia. So it's, it's uh, I would say it's just down St. James Road. <laughs> All right, let's go back and touch on the, uh, on the vintage Syrian, because I think the first time you were on the show uh, a couple of years back, you said that that was it. Once it's gone, it's gone, so... Is it? Are yeah. you're you're officially out of all the Syrian Latakia and can't make that blend anymore? No, that's impossible. Uh, and and you need this uh, smooth Syrian uh, Latakia to to make vintage Syrian. And uh, as we are out of it, it's not possible anymore. So uh, if somebody is a fan of the HH uh, vintage Syrian. Uh, buy whatever is out there and available now, because uh, that's it. It's that's the yeah, it's end gone. of that one. It's gone. Yeah, yeah, that is uh, the end of of vintage Syrian, and it's it's. It, I find it a little bit funny. Uh, created it in um, two thousand and six, uh, and I'm still living when it's going to be uh, a classical. <laughs> Just like you. Yeah, uh, but yeah, but you know, artists have to die before they get famous. <laughs> Um, so the uh, so let, let's it, we can say that the Balkan is not a replacement but a substitute for those that were smoking the vintage Syrian. Yeah, it's it's um, as as I mentioned, it is another tobacco. It's a tobacco of its own, um, and, and please do not compare it with uh, with vintage Syrian. That was a very smooth smoking blend. Uh, the Balkan um, has a little bit more um, more power, a little bit more. I would say it's a little little sharper than the Vincent Syrian was. Do you think? And it that was... is all, all... I'm sorry. Do that's you... also how I, I compare them to uh, to to the English blends. They are typical, a little bit sharper. Do you think it will benefit from a little bit of aging in inside the tin? Well, it contains of Orientals and Virginia, so uh, it certainly will. So, buy buy two or three tins, uh, open one, smoke one now, and then set the other one aside for six months and see the difference. Yeah. Uh, that is that a perfect place for us to take a break. When we come back, we got more to talk about, including, uh, Per, I'm going to ask you to update all of us Americans on what's going on in Europe. So get ready for that, and we'll be back in just a minute.
The Carolinas and the tobacco tradition have been woven together generation after generation. From the Blue Ridge Mountains to the coastal low country, it's an integral part of our culture and heritage, building our beautiful tapestry. Cornell and Deal is proud to blend our pipe tobaccos in the Carolinas. Our history with tobacco dates back to the mid-1800s, and in that time we've perfected a variety of blends. The Carolinas have given us the perfect backdrop to do just that. Whether you're a fan of the rich Virginias, bold Latakias, spicy Periques, or unique aromatics, we've got a tobacco that's just right for your discerning taste buds. At Cornell and Deal, we live all things pipe tobacco, blending it, smoking it, and enjoying the company of those who share our excitement. Tobacco, it's what we do. Stop by CornellAndDeal.com. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show visiting with Per Jensen. Uh, the, the proper way to say it is Per Jensen, right? Yep. Okay, good. Very nice. Of the McBaron Tobacco Company in uh, in Denmark, a place that I've been to several times and still love to go there. Uh, although your winters are a little too long for me. Yeah, we, we almost still got one. <laughs> Um, so we in the we here in the United States are seeing some changes to the to the packaging of tobacco that we've that we're used to you know that we're used to coming in a square tin. It's coming in a round tin. We're seeing labels change. Um, you over in Europe have gone through a complete reorganization of uh, of labels and packaging, I guess. So. If you can just tell us yeah. what, why are we seeing all these changes? Well, yeah, I, I wish I could tell you, <laughs> uh, because I don't, I don't understand them. Uh, we had warnings on our labels before. Uh, now they want to make them bigger. Some countries have even uh, chosen to make sixty uh, percent um, warning labels with pictures pictures of all different kind of, of, of sickness that could come. Um, and, and in my small head, I have been thinking it could be quite nice to see what, what um, the alcohol business would do if they had to put the same warnings on. <laughs> Drunk driving and I don't know what. And uh, But uh, what, what happened here was a little bit, um, it was a bigger step than they used to do. Uh, the warnings and so on that that came uh, years ago, and this time, 20th May uh, last year, uh, the TPD2 Tobacco Directive um, number two was implemented, and um, the warnings got a little bit bigger. But the most important for the consumer, for for the pipe smoker, was they were not able to see what was in it. For instance. We have the, the vanilla loose cut, still available in United States. In Europe, it's not called vanilla loose cut, it's called classic loose cut. Because we are not allowed to use a word that describes a taste. So no flavor names or no... No flavor names. And are, are you still allowed to use terms like smooth or mild? 
No, because that is marketing language, the politician says. So that is not allowed to use. So um, it's, it's, it's getting right, uh, rather boring. <laughs> uh, for for a pipe, pipe smoker to go into a tobacconist and, and say I would like uh, to have some, um, for instance, cherry choice. Um, the tobacconist doesn't know because he doesn't have the cherry choice. On his uh, shelf he has a supreme choice. And that is the new word from us for cherry. How, does, how does the tobacconist know this? Did do you have to send them a little secret decoder ring with uh, with messages encrypted in it? No, no, no. The funny, the funny part starts because we are allowed to tell the tobacconist everything. Meaning, <laughs> we we are making a sheet telling him that it was cherry choice. Now it's supreme choice. So no problem there. And he can even hang it in his shop as long as the pipe smoker doesn't see it. <laughs> and yeah, I, they have been very clever this time. Okay. Very clever. I, I think the intention was that they didn't want uh, flavors in, in cigarettes and roll own because that could attract kids to start smoking. And, and so once again, the the pipe tobacco world gets suffering from the cigarette yeah yeah so we we get swept up in legislation that is targeted towards a completely different product that's a different lifestyle and a and, and a different consumer but the governments are not smart enough or they don't care enough to identify the difference no for them tobacco is tobacco so that that was the, the the one part. I had to to write all the descriptions on the backside of the tin. Have to rewrite them because it's only allowed to tell what's in it, meaning Virginia, Burley, uh, Latakia, and so on. No marketing language, and no description of the taste. Can you say that there's a added? An, an added flavor to it or can you nope. hit so nope. uh, so if Not i'm if, if i'm in denmark and i don't speak danish but if i were walking through there and looking at the tobacco tins i'd have no idea knowing what is what unless i talk to the tobacconist nope and and for instance now uh, in the first part we were talking about chicago pipe show uh, if that took place in Denmark, that would be illegal because that is advertising of tobacco and that is not allowed. So there's so, so what, what, what about the Danish pipe smoking championship or competition that just happened recently? Was that a secret meeting? No, they have had uh, a special permission. Ah. Because it's it's a very very long tradition, and I'm sure the Chicago Pipe Show is is as well. But but to start something like Chicago Pipe Show in Denmark, is not possible. I know there's a few shops doing something, and they can do it because they have a shop. So that is the actual retail place, and they are allowed to do it. But we as tobacco producers, manufacturers, we are not allowed. 
Well, just keep doing your job quietly and don't ask any questions. No, I go to Chicago. There I can talk all I want. <laughs> uh, and uh, speaking of uh, Chicago, can we tell people that while you're there, you'll be doing some uh, videos and interviews and stuff for your YouTube channel or whatever Instagram thing you're on? Yeah. Um, this will probably be the, the perfect uh, spot to, to make a little bit advertising for it. Yep. Because I would like to, to people to come to um, to our table and um, well tell me why they don't, uh, they smoke pipe there what you. what is the reason they smoke pipe how did they start and then of course i hope they give me um, permission to to clip it together into a video film that uh, we then will uh, will publish and where can we go to see this once it's published um Probably in, I think we are up and running in in August. And will that? And then uh, will, there will come a lot of a lot of videos with uh, manufacturing, how we we do it, with a lot of information about the story of of tobacco, or should we say the birth of United States? <laughs> yeah. No tobacco, no United States. Um, and, and, and so on. And I'm going to, uh, to make films about that too. Not, not in Chicago, but, but other places. So you, so not only are you the, uh, the brand manager for McBaron for all pipe tobaccos, but now you're also the, uh, video production and, uh, internet, uh, social media guru. I don't know guru. We can talk about that when you have seen it, <laughs> but, um, in, in any case, uh, you can see we, we are limited. Uh, we are not allowed to talk about blends. But we are allowed to talk about how we produce the tobacco. Uh, we are allowed to talk about the history of tobacco and all these funny stories going around uh, tobacco. But we are not allowed to center on blends. It's, 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 it's a crazy situation. <laughs> you have a legal product and you're not allowed to talk about it. Not directly, but indirectly we can. So we won't we we won't push that too much. But um, do you have other? I, I know that there's tobaccos that are constantly being introduced onto the market in Europe, and you know, hopefully we get to see them here. But what else do you have new coming out for the for the rest of the <laughs> world that us Americans might um, luckily get a chance to uh, try once or twice? Well, I can. I have lifted um, the news on on uh, my personal Instagram page a uh, couple of months ago, uh, where we were ma making um, a spun tobacco, and there was a bag of Peric in in the foreground, standing in front of it. So, um, um, well, I'm going to risk my neck. <laughs> I'm going to find out what. The last thought the people had who put their head into the guillotine, what they were thinking. <laughs> so uh, later this year, we will um, we'll probably bring out um, two new two new blends in uh, one of our English lines. Um, I think the the blend itself, uh, three nuns, is is relative known, and we are going to uh, make one with uh, Peric. 
Yay. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not supposed to be happy about that. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, and it will come with, uh, with the sister as well. And I know this is going to, to risk my neck because it's, it's one of those subjects. Um, three nuns is, is a cult tobacco. And, and when you start touching that, um, you get a lot of emotions. Uh, there are some who will love me and there are some who will hate me. But that's a normal and, day for you. Well, that's a normal day. Yeah. So, but, but it's, um, and it has, it has been a job. It has taken uh, longer uh, really to get into it because it has to be handled with the utmost respect. It's not something you just do. You, you, you have to think about what you're doing, why you're doing it and, and say, if, if they hadn't made this, how would they have done? And that was a bit of a challenge. So you will offer the three nuns that is available now, and it will stay. It will stay just as it is. We we don't touch that. And the one with Perique. Yeah. Ah. Oh. Okay, I'm ready. Uh, what else? But, did... <laughs> but, but Brian, I, ha I have to say it is not the original recipe, mm. because there are so many original recipes uh, on the internet. So you don't know which one to, to, to start with. So people, uh, pipe smokers shouldn't buy this to say, well, this is the original one. I don't know. But it's three nuns inspired tobacco with Perik. Well, and I, I will add in that it can't be the original recipe because those individual crops of tobaccos may not be available uh, Perique has changed, uh, manufacturing processes have changed. So if I'm yeah. understanding what you're doing is you're doing this in, uh, in the style of the original blend with the best components that you have available now. It is going to be a three nuns anno, uh, 2018. Yeah. Ah. You put it, uh, you put it perfectly. And, uh, and what else have you got? Because I know there's one other coming that I think I'm going to be interested in, too. Uh, is that because you like Virginia? Yeah. Ah, okay. Now I'm, I'm, I'm getting a hint now. Um, it could be the, uh, the Amphora Virginia that we also have um, in, in, in Chicago to, uh, to see and smell. <laughs> we introduced that last year here in Europe, and it has been, uh, I would say, a rather good success um, among pipe smokers. Pure Virginia, um, nothing much to it except Virginia tobacco. It's 100% Virginia, uh, and it's so smooth. You won't believe it. And, and I remember trying it before, so that's why I'm excited, because I got to taste some of the stuff you were working on. Yeah. Well, you have to admit, not not all of it was was good. Uh, no, no, no. But but the ones we we, we let we let go through, uh, they're good. Yeah. So, and speaking of that, let's go back and talk about your your tasting panel because this is another thing that is unique to McBaron, where you have regular everyday pipe smokers that come in on a, I don't know a scheduled night of the month to taste and give their opinions to you? 
yeah yeah they have job jobs uh, otherwise so um, and they come every uh, Wednesday evening uh, and right now they are they are doing overtime uh, because one of our vital um, machines broke down and we couldn't get uh, spare parts so we have um, developed a new one uh, with a slightly different principle and that means all tobacco that goes through this steamer has to be checked for, uh, for t uh, changes in taste. So they are coming actually, um, they're coming twice a week now. Just to, uh, to hold up to, to uh, our production. So when let go. So, sorry. When, the, when these guys get there, they have a, you, you hand them tobaccos with a code name on them and ask questions about those tobaccos and then they sit there and smoke? Yeah, they do. They get a, a white pouch of tobacco and uh, first they evaluate it without smoke, meaning they touch it, uh, they look at it, they smell it, uh, they, I would say more or less, put it to, to atoms. <laughs> uh, how many percentage is, is yellow, what is brown, what is black, um, how is the smell and so on. And then finally they fill the pipe, they light it and they smoke for seven minutes and then they have to describe the taste. We're not interested in um, whether they like it or not, but we are interested in how is the taste. How would they describe the taste? And you have to remember, Brian, these all these people, we uh, calibrate them once a year. And calibrate, that is something you normally do to machines or tools. Yeah, or kids. Or kids, yeah. <laughs> In your dreams. <laughs> um, but... but we have to, to get them that if you meet this taste, you have to react like this. Uh, and for instance, um, when, when they get into to the panel, uh, we have 10 shot glass half filled with water lined up. And then in glass number three from, from the left, we add just a little bit sweetness. And then number four, a little bit more, number five and so on. And then they start tasting from the left and then they have to say to us what they taste and when they taste it then we can put in on their profile uh, class number six sweet so that detects and, their sensitivity to sweetness yeah and then we go for sour and salt and and so on and so we have a complete taste profile of each individual smoker uh, and the reason that, that we have that, for instance, if we are doing a quality control of, of let's say, mixture, um, we control, we, we smoke one one year old and we smoke one now, even though we know the one year old is a little bit different. But in any case, we smoke both of them and there should be no difference. Um, and that is pretty hard for them to do. Wow. Yeah, so you, you're putting a lot of work into these people and then uh, torturing them with drinking uh, salty water. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm sorry to, to tell you, they're, they're not getting any beer. 
Wait, 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 wait. In in Denmark, the the water fountains don't give out water; they give out beer for free. Yeah, not with not with us. Uh. Uh, they have to be very sober when they smoke. <laughs> <laughs> not not like the rest of us. Uh, yeah, never mind. Um, Pear, it's always wonderful catching up with you. Please give us your Instagram page or how we find you on Instagram. Well, it's, it's, it's very easy. It's my name. Pia underscore Geo underscore Jensen. And for us English people, I'll spell that for you. It's P-E-R underscore G-E-O-R-G underscore J-E-N-S-E-N. Correct? Yep. Ha. Exactly. I'm almost part Danish. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I always claimed you were. Yeah. Well, I can drink one night a week like the Danes. It just takes me six days to recover, where you guys, it takes you six hours. Yeah. Um, anyway, we will, <laughs> since you're torturing pipe smokers with uh, drinking salty and sweet water, I'm going to torture you one more time with the fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer, just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? I'm ready. What is your favorite pipe? My favorite pipe, that is an, um, it's actually one I, I made. It's an industrial made pipe. It's the shape my father smoked. We call it the Oakley Darkling. And it's uh, <laughs> a George Jensen, uh, shape number 1779. And what is your favorite tobacco? And I hate to ask that of you, but I have to. No, my favorite tobacco, that is actually the um, Amphora Virginia. I'm so pleased how it came out. Yeah, bragger. And, okay. Uh, no, I'm a Virginia smoker just like you. What is your favorite drink? That's red wine. Yeah, you've you've gone fancy on us. Um, <laughs> when it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? Um, at the moment, I watch movies. And uh, old classic Danish movies? No, more new American. Um, I don't know if I'm, if I'm allowed to to tell it in in, yep, go in ahead. this radio show, but but it's um, I'm I'm a very great uh, Star Wars fan. Okay, you're you're okay with me. Um, yeah, okay. and. And yeah, that's then, a Disney company. Yeah. And then finally, um, normally I'd ask if you have a particularly favorite pipe smoking related memory, but you are the son of George Jensen. You were born next to a sack of briar blocks in a pipe factory. Uh, do, you have, do you have a favorite George Jensen pipe factory story or memory? No, but I, had, I have one from, from when I was a kid. Um, on Friday, uh, my father always bought uh, Donald Duck, the, uh, the magazine, the comics. And um, it happened that he was uh, home early on Fridays. So he took a, shower, uh, he took a bath, um, took the, the Donald Duck, took his pipe, and it was very often that we came into the bathroom my father lying in the bathtub, the pipe underwater, and Donald Duck floating at the surface. 
<laughs> Can you imagine the work it was to to put the pages from each other? <laughs> so he just fall right asleep in the bathtub and didn't he, even... <laughs> he fell asleep yeah uh parrot one of these days we have to have you back on just to talk about the uh about the pipe factory and the pipe company and the brands and all that so start thinking of uh start thinking of a half hour worth of stories they don't always have to include donald duck in the bathtub but Start thinking about those and let me know when you're ready. I'd love to have you come back on and talk about the factory. I will. I will, Brian. I promise. And I promise. I will see you in uh, about five days. Yeah, not if I see you before. Well, if I see you at the bar, I know you're buying me a beer. Yes, exactly. Uh, let's meet there. And the, and the odds of finding a Dane near the bar in the Chicago Pipe Show... That's a that's a pretty safe bet. Yeah. We say a day longer away from the bar than three meters. That is escape. Yeah. <laughs> or can't reach the bottom of his pockets to pay for it, so he's waiting for somebody else. Yeah, exactly. Could also be. Okay, Brian. Per, thanks for coming back on. Yeah, thank you, and thank you for having me. We'll be back in just a minute. Meet Aaron, one of the most important people at SmokingPipes.com. In our shipping department, he's one of the cogs in the highly efficient wheel, if you will, that's responsible for making sure your order goes out right every time. Ain't that right, Aaron? I don't know all about that cog in the wheel stuff, but I do know at SmokingPipes.com, I take my work very seriously. Pulling tents of tobacco, weighing bulk tobacco, triple checking orders, and getting them out the door. Since it's so easy to order from SmokingPipes.com, you're keeping Aaron pretty darn busy. Look at him go, go, go. <laughs> in fact, it's been a challenge to get him to stop long enough to say hello. But Aaron doesn't mind. He loves his job at SmokingPipes.com. Why is that, Aaron? Because I don't just ship pipes. I smoke them. Gotta run. <laughs> just log on to SmokingPipes.com or call us at 1-888-366-0345. We are quality. We are experts. We are SmokingPipes.com. internet radio and i am back boy a lot of tobacco talk tonight yeah lots of tobacco talk so can't be bad always good um make sure and stop by and see pear at the table it's good to see him back in chicago and uh check out all the mcbaron stuff all right staying on the uh, danish side of stuff for music i found a uh pipe-smoking Danish composer who is uh, still alive, born in 1949. His name is Paul, P-O-U-L. The last name is Ruders, R-U-D-E-R-S. He was born in Denmark, 1949. Um, I, it, not, a, not exactly your traditional kind of classical music composer. He's, um, uh, some people might call him avant-garde. I would call it a little... Uh, some of the stuff is strange, let's just say that. But uh, this one that I picked out is the fourth movement from his Ofred Suite, O-F-F-R-E-D. And it's called I Would Like, and it features some singing, and um, it's, it's interesting. So uh, check it out. Oh. <laughs> 
And again, his name is Paul, P-O-U-L, Rooters, R-U-D-E-R-S. I found him on uh, Spotify, and he's got his own webpage. So check him out and uh, let me know what you think. Congratulations, Skippy. You've got mail. In the mailbag, going directly to iTunes, we've got a couple of uh, five-star reviews of recent that I don't think I read, so I'm going to go ahead and do them again. Uh, NPOD writes, or NPOD writes, excellent show. I listen to current and older episodes in the car on the way to work, and when traveling, keep up the good work. Thank you very much. Just don't listen to too many episodes in one day. It can cause brain damage. And then uh, Rob Piper writes, I'm a new pipe smoker, and this podcast is a real joy to listen to. The interviews are informative and takes you deeper into this hobby. Music is fun, and everything else just works well. Greetings from Missoula, Montana, Brian. Uh, Thank you. Hey, uh, my sister went to school in Missoula. Uh, I never made it up there, but... uh, Anyway, pretty part of the world, and uh, thanks for listening. Would appreciate if you want to leave a rating or a review on iTunes, please go there and do that. That would be wonderful. And uh, Nate Rose wrote me at uh, Brian at PipesMagazine.com, and I actually got it. And he says, Hi, Brian. I just wanted to say I really enjoy your show. I've listened every Wednesday for over a year and usually have my morning under while listening. <laughs> yeah. uh, breakfast and then a pipe. Uh, keep up the great guests. I really enjoy hearing about the old times, uh, especially being a new pipe smoker. I find these very informative. Have a great day, your friend from Canada. So there we go. We got Montana and Canada. Uh, Canada, obviously, north of Montana. And then Casey Ghost writes uh, regarding last week's show. Good show. I usually tell people that if it isn't on pipefill.eu, then good luck. Yeah, I agree. Uh, then he goes on to say, Gene has written an amazing amount of pipes and tobacco, uh, written an amazing amount uh, about pipes and tobaccos, which is a little odd considering he doesn't know much about the guys who actually make the pipes. Uh, very interesting interview nonetheless. Dom Clemens did a good job in Home on the Range. He didn't make me forget the classic version, but he did it well. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll go back and comment on... Uh, on what uh, Casey Ghost said about Gene, there's, you know, there's a lot of people out there that the pipe is just a tool, and but the history of the pipes and history of tobacco and the tobacco farming and and all that, that's you know that's where it is, and and it, and it's great to have people that are doing that because we really need to get that history recorded, especially as we see things changing quickly around here, uh, and then Down Home Smoker says. Pipe smoking and museums just seem to go hand in hand. It was unique that uh, that Gene doesn't concern himself with brand. I wonder what effect that has on the consistency of experience he has when smoking. Thanks for doing what you do, Brian. Pleasant smokes. Uh, you're welcome. And, you know, uh, yeah, there's that whole, it goes back years of brand versus briar or individual pipe versus a pipe company and how does that affect the pipe you know marketing a lot of it's between the ears of the owner uh, if a pipe's got a good if it's good piece of wood and it's made right it should smoke well but at the same time you know we all know that if we find a brand that works for us they're going to work for us more consistently than other brands so uh, just multiple different uh, different points of view um 
All right. Uh, email me, Brian, at PipesMagazine.com or post your comments on the Pipes Magazine radio show page on PipesMagazine.com. And rant time is next. I am hearing rumblings about complaints. Complaints already about the Chicago Pipe Show. Has nothing to do with the show itself. It has to do with the prices that some people are going to be putting on some certain tobaccos that are no longer available on the market. I'm hearing complaints about people that bought a whole bunch just with the idea to resell it. I'm hearing complaints about that already. I've heard them now for almost a week, so that's 10 days before the show opens. Well, let me remind you, first of all, you know, it's a free market economy. So far, it's still a free market economy. And if somebody wants to put, somebody wanted to spend $1,000 on McClellan tobacco just with the intent to resell it later for double or triple or quadruple what they paid for it, well, that's their decision. Now, here's your decision. If you don't like it, don't buy it. Just walk away. You don't have to buy it. You don't need to buy it. There is no reason that you absolutely need this product, but don't worry about it. The market will handle it. If these people that are buying, that bought stuff simply just to resell it, if they don't sell it, then the prices will come down. If you don't like the price of it, just walk away. If you don't, if you go into a restaurant and you don't like the food on the restaurant menu, don't tell them all about it and tell them how to fix it. Just don't go back there. All right. It's not our jobs to fix their businesses and tell them what's wrong with them. And it's not our jobs to argue with them. Our jobs as consumers is if we don't like it, say thanks, but no thanks and walk away. And that will stop this from happening in the future. All right, so we'll see how that goes, and I'll report back to you on it. It will be uh, two weeks before I get a chance to give my show report on how the Chicago Pipe Show went. Uh, remember, if you have an item or something that you would like to donate to the JDRF auctions, please email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com, and I'll get you the instructions for how to get it where. I, we would appreciate anything that can be donated. And we'll get those auctions going in about two or three weeks. If you have any comments or questions, email me, Brian at pipesmagazine.com. Uh, if you want me to read it on, if you don't want me to read it on the air, just let just let me know, and we'll do that. So thank you very much to uh, Per Jensen for joining us and giving us a tidbit of what's coming up. Uh, thank you all for tuning in, and until next time. the clouds when we're together just sing a song and think about sunny weather
Living freshman and the walking epitome of the decline of modern education. 